We're in a series or a collection of talks rather called Shades of Grey. And it is a relationship series. We're talking about, really we're exposing all the gray areas in relationships. Uh, last Tuesday night, we looked at the gray area of belief. And if you are new to faith, which most of us are new to faith, when COVID hit our church, if you guys didn't know, we were doing two services on a Tuesday night, somewhere in the high 300s. And after COVID, I mean, it was just a whole restart, relaunch. It's to the glory of God. And um, we were doing Tuesday night services. We had two back. But, but since we've opened back up, we've had a fresh community of people. So what God's kind of leading us to do is to teach the basics, teach what we know, teach who we are, teach where we're going. And last Tuesday night, hear me for real, last Tuesday night we talked about the things that we believe in. And in how in your relationship it's important to understand that belief is not a gray area that, that, that can just, you know, fester. We've got to clear up the gray area of belief. Um, because if, you, if I believe in Jesus and I'm going to decide to love you and to walk with you and to do life with you, we cannot be unequally yoked. Who enjoyed last week's sermon? Anybody? It's available on our podcast. If you weren't here, uh, just hear it, uh, hear it on the podcast. Um, tonight's message will also be on the podcast. By the way, we have some very important people in here, some VIPs. Um, and that's all of our first-time guests. YA, can we make some noise for all of our first-time guests? Come on. You could do better than that. Just look at the person next to you and say, hey, I love you. Amen. Uh, I love you guys. Thanks. Hey, first-time guests. Hey, we love you. We're church for first-time guests. And come next week and come the next week and the next day and the next day. Uh, and just keep uh, Spongebob fans. You know what that is. Um, yo, keep coming out. We love you so much. We're going to walk with you. We're going to do life with you. Um, shades of Grey. Somebody say Shades of Grey. Last week, we talked about the gray area of belief. Tonight, we are talking about the, gr the gray area of direction. Direction. Someone say direction. That was like my leaders. I need everyone. Somebody say direction. direction. Amen. Before we get into the text, we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 19. Before we get into the text, I want to pray over the preaching of God's word. Is that okay? Come on, you can bow your heads, close your eyes if you feel comfortable. Jesus, we love you. We worshiped you. We started our service tonight praying to you. <clears throat> we feel your spirit in this room. And now, God, I pray you prepare our hearts for the seeds you're about to plant. I pray, God, that this is never just another sermon, uh, but, God, that we truly receive what you have for us. Speak, Lord, and challenge us. And I pray tonight people, people come to know you as their personal Lord and Savior. Uh, God, I pray for the Lakers, Lord. Would you just lead us through this storm? Um, in your name we pray. Amen. Y'all playing games. We pray for Lakers for a year, and then we won a championship that year, right? So I believe in prayer. <clears throat> I'm excited to preach. Uh, we're, we're looking at Genesis chapter 19. Um, Genesis chapter 19. And, and we're talking about direction tonight. And I think it's important that the person you decide to love and date and um, be with, you guys are in headed the right direction. And I don't find out what, what direction you're headed um, on our honeymoon. 
That's really bad. Because you know what happens uh, when, you're in the wrong, when you're in the wrong direction with the person you decided to do life with, uh, there goes tension. We talked about this last week as well. If you're deciding to love someone, date someone, marry someone, and you guys believe in different things, there's tension. So what I'm trying to do with this series is remove, expose the gray areas so that your relationships can have a lot less tension. Because things with tension eventually snap. If I take a rubber band, I gave it a ta-ta, and we started backing up, at some point that thing's going to break. And, and, and I don't know about you, but, like, and then, and then, and then Christians, we over-spiritualize stuff, right? Like, oh, God's called me to suffer. No, God's given you spirit of wisdom. And you didn't have to fall for the body before you fell for the soul and the heart that was inside of that body. You have the ability to talk about things and figure out, hey, what do you believe? And, and not only what do you believe, but where are you headed? Where are you headed? Just because he comes to church and she comes to church, and last week was cool, right? But the truth is, even if they believe everything you believe in, if they're heading in the wrong direction, it's going to get tense. <laughs> it's like, like, and here's the truth. If I know your direction, I know where, what, where the fruit is in your life. Because you can say you believe in God now, and then one pandemic later, you walk away from the church. But if I knew your direction, then I knew the roots that, and the fruit that was inside of your heart the, the entire time. So if you believe in Jesus, but you got, you got to have direction. And we're going to talk about that tonight. But I, I want to look at a very famous scripture. Uh, it's a very famous story. It's not a story. It's a real happening. Um, if you didn't know this, the Bible is a historical book. So, so back in Jesus' times, um, literally <clears throat> historians of the time were writing down what Jesus was doing, the miracles. And they didn't believe he was God. But the truth is is that it was actual historical events. And when you look in the scripture, you see actual real places. Uh, you see actual real people that, that dates back all the way to the beginning of time. Um, you know, atheists, they, they, they battle against scripture because there was a city for around 3,000 years, a city that was mentioned in scripture that didn't exist on planet Earth. Up until like 1950, uh, they, were, they were digging somewhere in the Middle East, and they found a doorway to an underground city which proved a city mentioned in scripture thousands of years before. So it literally debunked all of the, all of the people that said, no, the Bible's not real because this city doesn't exist and ended up being a real city in a real place. So when we read scripture, it's not just stories. It's not just somebody just writing stuff down. It's not like a legend that's passed down from generation to generation. This is actual history and a God-breathed book. Who believes the Bible's alive tonight? Come on. The Bible's alive tonight. Genesis chapter 19, it's the first book of the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, it's behind me. By the way, I'm loving this weather. God is so good. How many of y'all loving this weather? Can you just wave at me if you're loving it? Like, like wow, Florida, Florida finally came around, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, what up? Like, it's, it's chill. <clears throat> Anyways. Genesis chapter 19, verse 15. With the coming of dawn, <clears throat> the angels urged Lot. Lot was a man. Lot was a man. Someone say Lot. Two angels came down and they urged Lot, saying, hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you'll be swept away when the city is punished. Keep that verse there for a second. So God's bringing fire to the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. But angels come down to Lot and they warn him, 
take your family and run to escape punishment. You know that's the gospel? That all of our fate in here is eternity and damnation and hell. But then God sent his son Jesus to step into the world and say, hey, y'all, there's a way out. Follow me and I will lead you to eternal life. What's interesting, though, is verse 26. This is clear instructions, right? Let's keep it here. Take your wife and your two daughters and get out of here. You guys like scary movies? Get out of here. <laughs> Save yourself. Or you'll be swept away when the city is punished. So punishment is coming to the city, but it doesn't have to come after you if you're obedient. Punishment is coming to all those who don't confess and believe in Jesus. But if you believe and you walk in the way, you will escape punishment. Very simple instructions. Somebody say simple. But verse 26 is wild. If we can skip ahead to the next verse. But Lot's wife looked back and she became... A pillar of salt. Angels say, get out of here. And they're walking. And they're moving. Lot's got one daughter. His wife's got another. And they're walking. And, and I, love, I love the way verse 26 says, it says, as soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives. The angels say, flee for your lives. But he says, don't look back. Clear instructions. Yeah, run, because there's punishment. Flee for your lives. But don't look back. And don't stop anywhere in the plane. Flee to the mountains or you'll be swept away. But Lot's wife looked back. And that was the last time she did anything. She immediately became a pillar of salt. Got a question I want you to write down in your notes. And this is a question you've got to ask someone when you're dating them. If you're already married, you know, ask the question again. You know, hey, what's up? Uh, and, and here's the question. is so important. It's so important. Are we headed in the same direction? We got to clear this up right now. And if you're dating in here, I'm telling you, if you're dating in here, I'm telling you. These are fun times, yo. <laughs> I got to tell you, don't overlook the dating season. Because I'm, I'm married, you know what I'm saying? Put a ring on it. Baby girl, can you stand up? Baby girl, can you stand up? Say what up. That's my baby girl. That's my wifey. You're so fine, girl. Woo you distract me, girl. I, just, I don't know what I'm preaching anymore. I'm just like, wow. It's a ting up in her. Okay, I, I, I'm back on the train of thought. So I'm married. And I don't look over the dating moments because the dating moments is why I have a ring on my finger right now. And when we first started dating, I was like, I don't want to kiss. You know, I don't want to, like, get too, <clears throat> like, physical with you while we're dating. Because um, I'd done that in all my past relationships and it got me nowhere. But I, I want to hold on. I want to hold on to this moment of just, like, anticipation and just, like, oh, you're so beautiful. But, hey, but let's talk. Because here's the thing. When... If this laptop was the person you're, like, it's so hard to see them when you're this close. How do you see that he has an addiction if you're this close? It's until you step back. And some people, they start dating, and they're just like, oh, my God, your breath smells so good. And, oh, my God. It's like, back up, bro. 
You don't see it, but we all see it. She's crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't overlook the dating season. This dating season, man, have fun. Eat some restaurants. There's so many restaurants in Orlando. <laughs> man, hang out. But ask this question. Don't be, you see, when I was growing up in high school, it was like we're talking, and you see them at the end of the period, and their tongues are down each other's throat. It's like you're doing the last thing but talking. <laughs> we're talking. It's like, yikes. This dating season, man, take some time to talk about things that matter. Last week, you know, what do you believe? And this week, hey, like, where are you headed? Are we headed in the same direction? Here's the tension about this question, though. Because you can't ask someone where they're headed if you don't know where you're headed. So before we even talk about where we're headed and where you're headed, here's my question. Second question. Write this question down. Where are you headed? <laughs> where are you going? <laughs> What's in your wallet? You know what I mean? Uh, I got an example here. Wifey, can you come up? Make some noise for my wife one time. Baby girl, come on up. Come on up. Can you open it up for me? She's the, she's the baddest thing in Colombia. I took a water, you know what I'm saying? You, you know, you grab, you grab this. What's up, girl? So we talked for a little while. Take it out. You just hold it. We talked for a little while, you know what I'm saying? We was talking and stuff. What up? <laughs> and then we got married. And then it happened. Right? So this is what happens in relationships. We, we begin to walk together, right? Well, come on. What's up? We going to church. <laughs> what up? Yeah, you can hold me. What up? <laughs> and we're walking. And we're walking in life. And then sit right here, babe. And then what happens when... She stops moving, but I'm still going. Stay, stay strong, baby. What's happening to this rope? Tension. Can you say it again? What's happening to this rope? Tension. Tension. Wait, but where are you going? Stay right there. Well, where are you going, girl? I know God's calling me to God. Where are you headed? Here's the one place you could be headed. Go ahead, put it up. To church. Wow, pastor, so deep. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. Hold up. I've been pastoring for six years. And I've seen people join and walk out of the church. Can I, can I keep it 100? Okay. You know, I walked back because I don't like tension. Stay there, baby. Don't move. Calling. Oh, oh wait. Oh. Purpose. Omni Conference, March 26th. Shameless plug. Going to Sunday nights. No, but but there's tension. So one of us are gonna give. One of us are gonna give. And and you know it's not always like she's not moving. Sometimes what happens is here's what we're gonna do. As we walk, you're gonna gradually go that way, and I'm gonna gradually go this way. So we're walking, and it's good. And it's happening, but 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 I'm, I have a personal relationship, and she doesn't, and my, my faith only. And then, and then, we're still moving, we're still moving. Keep walking, but but there's tension, there's tension. And now God's moving this way, and God's calling me this way, and God's calling. You know, this happened to my cousin, uh, Marky. Uh, he got he got married, and 
and, and, and we're about to move into this brand new facility, but God's calling him to our Poinciana campus. And, 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 and isn't it so awesome that him and his wife, Serena, are able to move together into the plan of God and where he's, but, but, but it's, and it happens in relationships. It's like, wait a minute, but we may be walking to God, but we still may be walking in different directions. Make some noise for my baby girl one time. Thank you. <clears throat> Can I help you tonight? Can I help you tonight? You don't have to experience unnecessary tension. You don't have to have a conversation. God's calling me to church, man. Jesus, Jesus died so that we can be the church. You know that? That Jesus built his church is his? You know when God comes back, when Jesus returns, you know who he's picking up? Everyone on Facebook that has a bio that says Jesus is Lord. No, he's coming back for his church. He's coming back for his church. And that could either scare you or encourage you, but that lets you know where you're headed. I'm, I'm, I'm headed towards church. Next point, I'm headed towards community. God's calling me to a people. God's calling me to make a difference in the world around me. God's calling me to my job. God is, God is tugging me to be light for my family. God is tugging me to be light for the world around me. And I'm called to this community. I'm called to this community. So it's not enough to just go to church. Man, who are you leading? Jesus says to make disciples. He didn't say just be around disciples. He didn't say get comfortable around disciples. He didn't say get used to these gatherings. Jesus says go and make disciples. So, man, are you and your, and your spouse, is you and your girlfriend, are you guys ready to build up broken men and women and lead them to the power and the presence of God? My wife and I, we have conversations. Like, yo, remember where that girl was a year ago? But look what God is doing. And she'll hit him up and I'll hit her up. And we'll pray about them and we'll think about them. And we'll get a text from someone that says, hey, I'm on my way back. And we look at each other and we get excited about that. And we're just excited when people say yes. And I was just preaching in Lakeland. And, and we had a moment together in the presence of God. Like, yo, God is doing something in us. Wouldn't it be terrible that what's considered a moment of awesome to you is just regular for someone that you're deciding to do life with? Imagine you are experiencing the best moment of your life, but someone next to you is just sees as mediocre. I'm called to people, man. I'm called to people. I'm called to a community. You know what separates churches? The people. So you can't go bouncing from church. You got to say, God, you've called me to this people. You've called me this community. You've called me to this church. And I am going to build this place with my life, with my blood, with my sweat, with my tears. Come on, if you believe in that, can you give a shout of praise to God tonight? <laughs> Lastly, I'm headed to calling. I'm headed to calling. What am I saying? Yeah, you can still work on Wall Street but you still have a calling. You can work at a doctor's office and you still have a calling. You can be bagging in Publix, but you still have a calling. God's given you a purpose. God has designed you for a purpose, on purpose. You got a calling on you, man. And when you have a partner, man, you guys got to be sharpening each other. If you cannot trust someone to sharpen you, why would I live with you? You can't trust someone to build you up. Why would I? And I want to talk to the men in the room tonight, man. 
you're the head of the household. That's how God designed the family, for the man to be the head. Take some responsibility, yo. Fall in love with Jesus. Be a man of presence. Porn is going to rip you up. Porn's going to distort your mind. Porn's going to just, just taint the taste of marriage. So you've got to make a decision now. Am I going to walk in the way that God wants me to walk? Or am I going to eventually make the dumbest decision of my life with someone that God's placed in my life? Because I didn't make decisions when I was being worked on in the shadows. We, we don't need room for gray areas in our direction. Come on, write that down. Next idea, no gray areas in direction. You got to be done with that lifestyle. You got to put that behind you. You got to be done with that lifestyle. You got to put that behind you. You have to be done with that lifestyle. You got to put it behind you. You have to. You have to. Listen, guys, I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about holiness. The Bible says the righteous man falls, but he gets right back up. And too many men of God just want to stay down. Too many men of God just want to stay down. You're the spiritual leader of your home to all the men. You're the spiritual leader of your home. That's, how, that's God's design. That's not sexist. That's, that's a twist of, of God's design if you see it that way. That's just God's model. You got to be done with that lifestyle and you got to move forward. You got to give it up. There's nothing better, yo. There's nothing better than my wife in my life just praying for me. And, and she'll tell me she's praying for me, but I know she's praying for me because I can just feel it. I can see it in her eyes, the way she looks at me with, like, deep conviction. And there's nothing more sweet when I tell her, hey, I'm praying for you too. Porn can't enter my marriage. Drugs and alcohol can't enter my marriage. Um, if you're married in here, I really advise you to throw a party with your wife or your husband. A party of two. We partied the other night, my wife and I did. I got a little studio, I do music. Um, I set the light up and we just play music. We dance till like four in the morning. Party of two, we're just looking at each other. It went from like hip hop to salsa, like it was just crazy. And I've got a, I really got a best friend and and it's a person that's going to pray for you, lift you up. She's not going to judge you. She's going to pull the best out of you. But man, you got to be the same thing for her. You got to be the same thing for her. She needs that. She needs you. Right? Like we got to sharpen each other. But here's the thing. If you don't fix stuff now in your, in your heart and in your mind, <clears throat> you can be married. And then when the angel of the Lord comes and tells you to go this way, you look back. next point is that I don't need a partner with wandering eyes. I'm not talking about looking at other girls and looking at other guys. I'm talking about looking at other places to go when God's called you to stay. I'm not talking about looking at that and looking at that. I'm talking about looking at a position or an opportunity that is against what God wants you to do and where he wants you to lead you. Because here's the thing. When I tie myself to somebody... Their opinion affects my perspective. Yo, this is the best sushi I ever had. It's all right. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's all right. I've had better. Yeah, yeah, we've had better. 
your opinion affects my perspective. Yo, I love this church. This is the best place I've been. I'm called to this community. We're going to give. We're going to sow. We're going to love. We're going to lead. Did you feel the presence of God today in church? It was all right. It was okay. And, and it's not because God's presence isn't awesome. They probably are wandering, looking at other things. Looking at Instagram, looking at where other people are. And unsatisfied with what God is doing because they're jealous of what people are posting. I could preach on comparison all night. How it taints perspective. And sometimes you don't have to wander too far to see where other people are at. You don't got to go wandering too far. Wherever you're at, man, just believe it's the best. Like, I got this thing on me. Like, tonight's the best Tuesday night we've ever had. And the only thing better than this week is next week. Like, I just, I just carry that. Like, this food I'm about to eat, Lord, bless this food. This is about to be the best meal. Because in Jesus, come on, the best is still yet to come. So the best is here and the best is coming. I don't got wandering eyes. Someone asked me, hey, uh, so Pastor, um, so uh, K-Town, uh, we just had a conference. Everyone's just like, oh, so how's K-Town? Where's K-Town? What is K-Town? Is that Kentucky? Like, nah, man, K-Town's Kissimmee, boy. What's up? K- Kissimmee in the house? You know what I'm saying? I start saying this. I'm like, K-Town or No-Town, boy. <laughs> K-Town till I die, boy. So God calls me somewhere else. It's K-Town, boy. Someone's like, hey, man, so uh, I see you love K-Town. You know, Kissimmee, like, what's, what's going on? Like, you, you always wanted to be here? I was like, no. <laughs> First house I moved to in uh, 2001 when my family was here from New York. We live right here in Sierra Circle, right on Michigan Ave. And Kissimmee's nice, you know, but, but I've been to California. And when I was in California... Man, I was just like, yo, I would love to live here, yo. Like, so you want to know my plans? What I, my hope, my dream is that, yo, imagine I lived in Cali, yo. But if I'm here, because it's because God placed me here. And if God placed me here, I'm doing a disservice to his calling by looking at every other city and looking at every other bright lights and looking at someone else's marriage and looking at someone else's car. And it removes the beauty of fulfillment when all I'm doing is looking out. Listen, if all you are driven by is what you see, you are lost. If all you're driven by is what you see, you are lost. If she's only in your life because of her looks, one day someone else will walk in and you will wander and say, no, that's, no, 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 no. I am deeply convicted in this, that where I'm at and where God wants me to be is the best place for me to be. I don't need wandering eyes. This verse, the angel says, flee for your lives and don't look back. You guys can play and we can get a little rowdy. Flee. Don't look back. Don't look back. We're going to be, we're going to, we're going to grow, we're going to hold hands, we're going to walk and we're going to walk in our calling. We're going to walk in community. We're going to walk in conviction. We're going to walk in the church, but don't look back. And, and, and think of the single life. Like, yo, that's, that was last year's season. That was a long time ago. You're a different man. You're a different woman. Don't look back. And, you know, and you talk to married couples, and they're like, yeah, I remember the good old days. No, this is the good old days. This is the best days. Man, if you're single, you're in the best days. You're in the best days. 
Work on yourself right now, yo. Don't be mad because someone else is engaged or someone else is married or this guy. How does she get him? Oh, my God, you're so salty. You need to understand, literally, Lot's wife, salty. You need to understand that where God has placed you is right where you deserve to be. Don't look at it that way. Own the moment. No, if I'm single, man, I'm owning my singleness right now. And God is working on me. And God is sharpening me. I'm in the right season. Man, if I'm dating someone, man, this is the best season right now. We're staying consecrated. We're putting up. Next week's going to be fun. We're putting up boundaries. And, and we're, we're consecrated. And, we're the, and this is the best season right now. Man, if we're married, yo, this is the best season right now. Don't look back. I love this next idea that the instruction was to go forward and not look back. The instruction wasn't just to go forward. The instruction was to go forward and not look back. It's both. So, Pastor, what am I looking at then? What am I looking at? If my, my direction is forward, where do my eyes go? Here's the next point. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12, chapter 2. That, that's not my point. That's the Bible. Hebrews 12, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the pioneer, pioneer, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. I, uh, I was looking at a certain thing where casinos, um, you know, talk about casinos while we're here. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um. Casinos are designed, literally, like architects, they design casinos with no windows, no clocks, no clear view of any exit. Do you know why they design it that way? So that you can just be there and forget what time it is, forget how many hours you've been there. And it's literally designed to keep you stuck somewhere. Do you know why they figured out that people can be stuck? Because you'll stay in a place when you have no vision of how to get out. You will stay stuck in a place longer than you should have because you don't see any way out. So what am I trying to say? Listen, to keep you stuck, all the enemy has to do is keep your eyes on something other than Jesus. To keep you stagnant, to keep you salty, to keep you hurt, to stay in a bad place, the enemy doesn't have to kill you. He doesn't have to do anything. He just has to distract you. He just has to cover your eyes. No, 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 but church, is there anybody in here that believes I have to fix my eyes on Jesus? I've got to fix my eyes on Jesus. I've got to fix my eyes on Jesus. Come on, if you believe that, can you stand up on your feet tonight and lift your hands? Come on and say, I will fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and the pioneer and the perfecter of my faith. If God is for me, then who can be against me?